Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, Justin Cuthbert hanging out with you on a Thursday afternoon. Now it's been a week of way too earliest for us here at Yahoo Sports. Julian and I discussed the postseason bracket three weeks in advance of the actual tournament. I broke down the race between the Golden Knights and Kings, and then the Kings won and the Golden Knights lost, and that got thrown into whack right away anyway. So you'd think I'd learn my lesson, but I think we're going to do some way too early look-aheads again on this podcast. Months before we need to, I think we should take a look at the free agents for the summer of 2022. Now, the general rule for GMs is to not spend this time of year, right? But I think it's going to be hard for general managers to look away because the 2022 free agent class is vast and it is deep. Uh, I went through one through 30 in my research. Well, I guess I had to go through more free agents to determine those 30. But when I broke it down, the number 30 free agent in 2022, as of now, this summer, is Cali Yarncroc. Pretty good, right? Pretty useful player. A guy who's going to try to be cashing in after signing one of the weirdest deals in recent NHL history. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but I'm going to give you a chance to disagree with me right away. Because here are a list of names that were left off my top 30 free agents, unrestricted, for 2022. Ready? Phil Kessel. Yeah, I guess there's not much you can quibble with there. P.K. Subban, probably the same boat. Alexander Radulov, Dustin Brown, Zach Aston-Reese, good player. Justin Schultz, Calvin Hahn, Max Domi, Brett Kulak, Paul Stastny, Nick Paul, Ilya Labushkin, Chris Tierney, Tyler Mott, Nick Delorier, Ian Cole, Nikita Zadorov. These are guys that didn't make the top 30 free agents in 2022. And most of them, if not all of them, We'll find work this summer, that is for sure. And probably some decent money between those 15 names or so that I just rattled off. But let's run down the top 30. We'll try to do it quickly because, you know, we try to keep these short, but, uh, you know, we could, we could belabor the point here with 30 easily. And we got to start at number one with Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, this is one of the best players in the NHL this season. An MVP candidate, a guy anchoring maybe the best line in hockey, coming off his most productive season, stepping into unrestricted free agency. It would be a shame if he left the Flames, but how long have we heard whispers of him like preferring the East Coast and wanting to be there? The Johnny Gaudreau-Calgary conversation can wait after the, till after the postseason, of course. It's a big one for Calgary. 
but that is definitely the top storyline heading into the offseason if Johnny Gaudreau does in fact reach unrestricted free agency. Less intrigue um, is tied to number two here, and that's Patrice Bergeron. I mean, still an elite player, right? Technically an unrestricted free agent, but he's not going to function like one. It's either the Bruins or retirement, most likely, for the future Hall of Famer, who's probably going to win the Selkie Trophy and has showed this season that he still has plenty of game left in him. It probably will deter, you know, what happens in the postseason will help determine it. What Bergeron feels in terms of his health and everything will go into that, but also how competitive Boston plans to be over the next couple of years here. Uh, we'll go into Patrice Bergeron's decision, you would think. Number three, another future Hall of Famer. And another guy who could walk away, and that's Marc-Andre Fleury. I feel like he's got some freedom for the first time in a while. Like, I don't know if he wanted to go to Chicago, really. Clearly, he wanted to stay in Vegas. Um, but his contract sort of meant that he had to accept the concession or accept the, uh, the fate that was given to him. Even though he did have no movement protection, it felt like he didn't think he was wanted anymore and didn't want to be a problem. So for the first time in a while, he's going to have that unrestricted status. He could choose one last spot for a championship run. He could be a guy who chooses to go maybe back to Pittsburgh, back to Vegas. Who knows what Marc-Andre Fleury really wants, but this is a guy that's just one season removed from a Vesna trophy. He could be an enormous low-risk addition for a contender, low-risk being that he would only be around for a couple, couple more seasons, you would think, uh, and can have a huge, huge, profound impact like he's having right now with the Minnesota Wild. Number four is Philip Forsberg. Um, this is a player who's forced either the Predators or another team to pony up. He's contributed well over a point per game this season, having his best year in terms of goal scoring. Uh, it's fallen pretty well into Philip Forsberg's lap here, uh, stepping into unrestricted free agency. Number five, and this starts a run on Pittsburgh Penguins, is Evgeny Malkin. Uh, he's had some less than stellar regular seasons of late, been affected by you know, COVID absences, injuries, and all that, but he still scores at a point-per-game pace. It's very possible, it seems more likely than not, that Malkin moves on from Pittsburgh after 16 seasons, and I don't know exactly what he's going to want. Is he going to want to go to a contender? Is he going to want to add another $9 million into the bank like he's been earning for so long now? Uh, tracking of Evgeny Malkin is another one of the major, major storylines heading into the offseason. One more to break up the, the Penguins here. Number six is Nazem Kadri. Uh, he's slowed off his triple-digit pace that he was on. little heart trophy buzz, if you want to call it that. He garnered earlier in the season. But he's leaving little cash on the table. After setting career highs in assists and points this season, it's been an unbelievable year from Nazem Kadri. We will see what happens, of course, in the postseason. Number seven is another Pittsburgh Penguin and another legend likely on their way out. Chris Letang is going to attract plenty of interest following one of his most productive seasons, and there have been a lot of productive ones in Pittsburgh. I feel like he's exactly in the same boat of it as Evgeny Malkin. I guess he could return. He could leave. He could go to a contender. He could make the most money as possible. He's going to have no shortage of options come not July 1st this year, but uh, early July when free agency does begin. Number eight is John Klingberg. Another break before we get one more penguin, just as a, as a tease here. Uh, 
somewhat remarkably, he's going to run out the string on that seven-year contract he signed with the Stars, despite uh, a pretty clear fraying relationship between himself and the organization. And remarkably, after going through a seven-year deal, he hasn't turned 30 yet. He's going to have a chance to cash in here. He's going to have a chance to sign a monster deal. Uh, whether or not he deserves a monster deal with a lot of money and a lot of term is maybe a different discussion. Uh, but he's going to have that opportunity probably because these sort of defensemen don't just grow on trees. The last Penguin on this front of Penguins is Brian Rust. Unlike Klingberg, he's approaching 30 or almost 30 and has yet to really cash in on his success and production at the NHL. He would have 30 goal campaign campaigns in each of the last three seasons if it weren't for injuries and shortened seasons sort of impacting his prime here. It's a guy that hasn't made a ton of money yet who's built a pretty solid portfolio in Pittsburgh and will be looking to cash in be it in Steeltown or somewhere else. Number 10 is Claude Giroux. It's pretty remarkable that Claude Giroux is the number 10 free agent this summer. It's just an example of how good it really is. And this is another guy who you've got to consider his priorities. I mean, he's made a lot, a lot of money in his career. Um, and his time in Philadelphia clearly is over. So what does he go after? Is it another chance to win? Does Florida win this year and sort of invalidate that? Or does that make him want to do it again? Uh, is it to pad the career earnings? Is it to play close to home? I mean, there's been talk about maybe Ottawa being the spot for Claude Giroux. But whatever it is, he's going to have um, his choice, be it through um, financial reasons or just, you know, other priorities that he might have in his life. Uh, Claude Giroux is going to have plenty to choose from this summer. Number 11, we'll try to go through the 11 through 30 a little quicker. Uh, number 11 is Darcy Kemper. It wasn't a particularly dominant season for Kemper. At least it didn't seem like it, but friendly confines of Colorado, all of a sudden he's got some uh, really solid numbers, at least when looking in the grand scheme of things. Um, he's grown into the season and he's going to have a chance to sign a, a lucrative long-term agreement, whether it's in Colorado or elsewhere. Uh, Vincent Trocek, number 12, a really solid second line player. I don't think he's a first line player. I don't think he's a third line player. So is that enough to gain a raise on his $4.75 million salary? I'm not really sure, but he's a useful player, no doubt. And probably one that Carolina wants to keep around. Number 13 is one of the most intriguing players on this list. And that's Vili Husso of the St. Louis blues. Um, he has emerged in this season exclusively and has put up some best, some of the best numbers league wide at the goaltending position, but he doesn't have that proven track record. This is almost the same situation as Jordan Bennington found himself in. And of course, Bennington secured his contract or helped secure his future earnings by winning the Stanley cup that year with St. Louis. So we'll see what Huso does in the postseason, And we'll see what St. Louis does uh, with their goaltending situation with this pending unrestricted free agent. Number 14 is Evander Kane, big talent, right? But uh, big red flags, as we know. He's been, predictably, I think, a strong addition for the Oilers um, because, you know, when you first get to somewhere, I guess you're on your best behavior. Uh, and the big question, I guess, then, is do the Oilers risk extending this partnership when every relationship Kane has had in the hockey world only has soured for him? So... Again, a huge storyline is how the Oilers treat this situation, whether or not Evander Kane thinks he can find more money and more comfortability elsewhere. Uh, number 15, Andre Burakovsky. So we're 
15 through halfway through. And we're talking Andre Burkowski's again, pretty impressive, right? This is a player though, that I think has sort of, despite maybe the perception has earned at a rate that maybe has perceived uh, exceeded rather his production. Uh, this is a guy that's been working on one and two year deals. It feels like forever and not necessarily bargain deals. Actually, he gets paid pretty well, just under $5 million, I believe. But is he going to be able to convince someone after this run in Colorado or with Colorado that he deserves a five, six, seven year deal worth maybe more than $5 million? I don't know if that's necessarily in the cards for him. Number 16 is one of the more polarizing players league wide, and that's Ben Sherratt. Polarizing because he had that dominant showing in the Stanley Cup playoffs with Montreal, but returned the next season to put up brutal numbers under Dominique Ducharme and I guess a little bit improved under Marty St. Louis, but he's going to have that opportunity again to be dominant in the Stanley cup playoffs. And if he is that player twice in a row on two lengthy Stanley cup playoff runs, I mean, someone's going to step up and pay him a lot of money. He'll probably get that money regardless. Anyway, number 17 is Valeri Nikushkin. Uh, low key, one of the most productive players in the NHL. I mean, he's, he drives two-way play for the avalanche. So, so well, he's having an outstanding season more so from an analytical perspective than sheer production. This is a player that will not be short of options in free agency. Another Colorado avalanche at number 18, Josh Manson. I think he mirrors Sherrod in a lot of ways in that a change of scenery and a deep postseason run, which is likely with Colorado could do wonders for his earning potential he will command interest in free agency anyway, though, as a legitimate right shot top four defenseman. They, as we know, don't grow on trees with so many teams wanting and coveting those sort of players this season. Number 19 is Ryan Strom. An interesting case because he has found something that he didn't have with the Islanders and Oilers with the New York Rangers. Uh, does he spring at the biggest number he can find or does he continue to be a productive player? Uh, under Gerard Gallant and with players like Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider in and Mika Zibanejad in New York. Number 20, Andre Pallad of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, it's likely, just as you look at the cap friendly for the Lightning, that he's the next body to be sacrificed by Julian Brisebois. But I also think there's a decent chance that he's willing to take a discount to stay. I mean, why wouldn't you want to stay to be there? But also the, the money might not be there elsewhere for him this is a guy that's not having a particularly strong offensive season and maybe the lightning what they know of him and what they get out of him from a two-way perspective will covet him just as much or almost as much as other teams in the open market number 21 and into the top uh, the final 10 here uh Ilya Mikheyev maybe the maybe the biggest reach on this list if I if I say so myself is Mikheyev um, but I've had an up close and personal look at this guy for a while now, and he's a dynamic two-way talent, uh, and he's figuring out a, how to convert on his chances, the many chances he does get at the right time here with a recent uptick in scoring. Uh, this is a player that's wanted the opportunity, has asked for the opportunity to earn more, to play more, to play a role that will help him earn more. Uh, it might be outside of his capabilities. Honestly, he might think he's better than he really is, but that doesn't mean he won't be a solid addition to the team that probably pays the most for his services this summer. Number 22 and kind of in the same boat is Andrew Kopp. He's a strong and versatile middle six contributor who 
like Mikheyev in Toronto probably has priced himself and has already priced himself out of Winnipeg, getting the trade to the New York Rangers. He can tack more money onto his future earnings if the Rangers go on a long postseason run and he's a big part of it, which I think is a pretty considerable opportunity or a likely opportunity that that happens. 23, David Perron of the St. Louis Blues. Just, just a guy that puts up points, always. Just the steadiest of point producers in a middle six role. Uh, I guess we're going to see what the market determines that is worth. There is no better player to set the market than David Perron, who just scores at a secondary rate consistently and, uh, and has done so again here with the St. Louis Blues. 24, Riley Smith, an original misfit with the Vegas Golden Knights, and it appears his days are probably numbered in Vegas, which kind of sucks. It's cool that there's a couple of players that have lasted this long, despite uh, how cutthroat they've been at times with that organization. Uh, but he's really been a solid, I guess, yet unspectacular player for Vegas for a long time uh, since the franchise was incepted. So Riley Smith, likely because he earns what he does. I believe it's a $5 million mark. And of course that's expiring, but uh, it's unlikely that he'll want to take a discount to stay in Vegas, despite the lure of that. Uh, and he'll look to find the same sort of money um, from one of the other 31 teams in the league. Number 25 is Jack Campbell, a guy who would be way further up on this board. If we did it mid season, uh, he demonstrated then in the first few months of the year that he could be a dominant goaltender across you know, a couple months stretches, uh, but clearly based on how the second half has gone, how he's dealt with injuries that he still needs to prove he that he can handle the duties as a full-time NHL starter. Of course, a big postseason awaits with him. Um, he can prove to the Maple Leafs that he's the number one guy moving forward, or he can improve, or he can prove to Kyle Dubas and the brain trust in Toronto that he's really not that guy. And that they might have to look elsewhere outside the organization for that bona fide number one starter. The final five here. 26 is Nino Niederreiter of the Carolina Hurricanes. I feel like it's just hard to imagine that any other team will value what Niederreiter brings more than Carolina, given that what he does there is largely unheralded, but still a really solid uh, player that kind of goes under the radar, flies under the radar, like many do in Carolina. 27 is Ricard Raquel, who went from Anaheim to the Pittsburgh Penguins at the deadline. Um, it seems like this player never really hit his potential, um, but there's no better opportunity to increase your market value by playing with Sidney Crosby in Stanley Cup playoff games. So we'll see if he's able to take advantage of that opportunity. 28 is Mark Giordano. Uh, it's been a ride for Giordano over the last calendar season, I guess. Uh, he exited the team that he's captained for so many seasons for an expansion team, which named him captain before they wound up trading their first ever captain after only a few months to his hometown team in Toronto, where he will have so much, I wouldn't say scrutiny. I think people are kind of celebrating the Giordano thing right now, but I guess if it doesn't go well in the playoffs, he might receive his fair share of that scrutiny. But this is another guy where priorities matter with what he's going to do next year. Does he want to stay with his hometown team? Does he want to go back to Calgary? Does he want to chase championships on real modest contracts as he enter the uh jason spezza uh, part of his career where he just signs on for as cheap as possible to make sure that he can help his team put himself put itself in the best position to win uh 
or does he just take the most money offered from whoever might be willing to give it to him? I think Mark Girodano is one of those players who can really, really help a team, especially if he's willing to play for less because his priorities are not financially driven per se. Number 29, and maybe the outlier on this entire list in that most of these guys have been pretty big names so far is Mason Marchment with the Florida Panthers. Uh, he's been just found money for them after getting him in a deal for Denny Malgan a couple of years ago. He ranks sixth in points per game among all unrestricted free agents. He's been so, so good on that third line for the Florida Panthers, who, of course, are pacing the league in terms of goal scoring. And finally, I already mentioned it, Cali Yarncroft is number 30. If only he could use his price in the trade market to negotiate in the free market. Uh, Calgary spent a lot to get him, um, but he should be looking to cash in no matter what. As I mentioned, one of the weirdest contracts ever, six-year deal worth only $12 million. He's got to sign a big deal or as big as possible this summer, and I bet he prioritizes that. So that was a lot, 30 free agents, many of which are really strong players that are going to have a lot to do with the story of the Stanley cup playoffs here, but we do have one time, uh, time for one last topic here. And I think we got to touch on Ryan Hartman versus Evander Kane. And I don't want to come out of here and defend Evander Kane in any way, but this was all very lame on the part of Ryan Hartman, the finger, the middle finger, the assertion that nobody on the Oilers likes Evander Kane. That is for at least now, like that doesn't seem to be the case and that Hartman was just emotionally playing the hits, right? If you're Kane and the Oilers, I think you just laugh off the finger and the comment about where he stands in the Oilers room. But what I did like and what's very NBA Twitter, which is a good thing is Anna Kane, the estranged wife of Evander Kane donating $200 to help pay the $4,000 fine that Ryan Hartman picked up for the middle finger. It's hilarious. It's harmless. And it's those two things because Hartman didn't show Kane anything. He didn't beat him up or rush to his defense, uh, rush to Kane's wife's defense in a moment of like heroism or anything. He did what a 10 year old would do at the playground. And it's only 200 bucks, which is also very, very funny. So I don't know if the NHL needs more or less of this stuff. Um, probably not with the backdrop of Kane and his family situation, which isn't really funny. We should probably check ourselves here. But players having things that happen on the ice and around the game spill onto social media on their own accord rather than through the media, that's the type of stuff that makes the game a little bit more interesting. I mean, who doesn't want to see Wild and Oilers maybe play in the Stanley Cup playoffs now? And who doesn't want to see the Lambo versus the Prius in the first round if Boston and Brad Marchand cross over to meet Vinny Trocek in the Carolina Hurricanes? Social media can make the game more fun. And yeah, I guess for Twitter users, get off your no soap operas, just hockey jokes while you can. And as you should, because that was a joke and it's better when there are funny things happening in the game of hockey as well. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. That was a lot to digest. 30 free agents, many of which will be there in early July when teams are looking to upgrade their rosters for next season. But until we get to that, we got a lot of postseason hockey to tee up and to break down on the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast and all of our shows, including Zone Time. Until the next one of those, we'll chat then. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 